0: Hello, and welcome to Leading the Way. This is Kevin Robinson, Jr., and I'll be your host in this podcast series where we discuss leadership and culture building with leaders in our Mount St. Mary's University athletics community. Home to over 450 Division I student athletes and 22 Division I athletic programs, the Mount strives to develop ethical leaders who lead lives of significance. All right and welcome to Leading the Way. We're happy to have in uh Studio today. Second year women's bowling coach Kenneth DeGraff. Kenneth, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, no problem. Hey, what a wonderful ride these last couple of years, you know, from coming in starting a program uh, three years ago to an unbelievable season last year, you know, number 19 in the country, finishing second in the Northeast Conference. I mean, and then starting off this season ranked 21 in, in, the, in the country. I mean, you've, you've done a tremendous job and kudos to you for coming in, stepping in and uh, making the mountain relevant in the women's basketball world. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Well, before we get into your journey, I want to talk a little bit about women's bowling at the collegiate level. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think for most of us at the Mount, this was something very new to us, you know, in terms of a bowling, competitive bowling at this level where it's, you know, it, it's a grind. It, it really is. I mean, I've been to a couple of uh, uh, matches and to watch what the, the ladies out there do. It, it, it's phenomenal. It's these are seven, eight, nine hour days, five matches in a day, you know mentally exhausting physically exhausting uh you know we talk about oil spots and all mm-hmm. these different uh uh the sport uh the sport lanes and those mm-hmm. type of things well talk to us about collegiate bowling
1: it's it's not league bowling i'll start with that. uh you think about league bowling you think about you know just five people sitting down in chairs and you know ha- having beers and all of this stuff and it's just nothing like that for anyone that hasn't been to a college bowling match. Uh, like you said, it's eight seven hours standing nonstop. Uh, even if you wanted a chair, there's
0: not, there's really not one available. Um, I will say you got, you got to bring your, you got to bring your, uh, three, uh, three legged, uh, ladder or three step ladder. Yes. Like if you're a fan, just for our fans out there.
1: Yeah. So you'll see, uh, all the spectators come in with, like you said, three, three legged ladders, uh, step stools because we're standing the whole time. And if we're standing the whole time, you're probably not seeing over us to see what you got to see. So now you get on the ladder and we have heads right next to ceilings. I mean, it's insane. Like you said, nothing you would see on your, your normal day
0: to a bowling league. It's definitely different. Awesome. Awesome. But well, talk about like the kind of the, um, the strategy involved in, in women's bowling. Like what, what are you discussing with the ladies as, as they're getting ready for a match and you know, that, that competitive part of, of women's bowling. The, the biggest thing that we always preach when it comes to competitive bowling,
1: and it sounds simple enough, but it's spare shooting. Okay. Um, everyone wants to strike on the first shot and, what makes bowling unique is sometimes you could throw the perfect shot and you're not going to strike. Uh, whereas a lot of other sports, I feel like if you execute exactly how you're supposed to, uh, that ball is going to go through the net or that that football is going to go through the field goal. For us, you could throw the perfect shot and you might actually leave uh, a single pin spin, a, a single pin spare, or you actually might leave a split. Uh, even on your really good shots. That's what we call the bad breaks in bowling. And how do you mentally grind through that when you know you threw the best shot of maybe your whole entire life and it, it didn't strike? Uh, sometimes we get so upset by that first shot that it carries in. We call it carrying into our second shot. Now we're so upset and now we miss the spare. Now it could begin to snowball. So
0: like you said, it is a mental grind just as much as a, as a physical grind. That verbiage you could use. I mean, you know, in our conversations around the office, you know, and and I had it took me a little while to get used to to kind of that uh, the that um, the words in bowling, the the communication in bowling. Like, what are some of the key key terms you have to know? Uh, you know, you mentioned a couple of them right there, but what are, what are some of those key terms for us novice uh, uh, to the bowling world? Well, in terms of matching up and, and making
1: transitions, as we call them in our sport, transition is. Uh, not to get too deep into it, but when uh, a tournament first starts, is an oil pattern that's that's put out, and throughout the day, that oil pattern is changing. It's it's transparent, so you can't see it as a spectator, uh, but every single tournament is a different oil pattern. As we break that pattern down, as each ball goes down, it's removing oil. So that pattern's the different shot to shot, so you have to know how to transition shot to shot. Uh, so for them, they need to know, obviously, you see the arrows out on the lane, and each arrow is separated by five different boards. Your first arrow is five, your second arrow is 10. And then everything in between you have six, seven, eight, nine, 10. And so throughout the day, just uh, from a strategy perspective, if I'm, st- if I'm saying stand 20, uh, throw 18 at the arrows, and then down lane, I want your break point to be four. All of our bowlers need to know what that means. And they need to know that if that's the shot this time around, it's not going to be the shot next time around. So that's just a preview of how
0: complicated it could get talking about terminology. Oh wow! I mean, that's I mean, diving right in there. I mean, and you are so knowledgeable about the game. You you do a great job though of breaking it down uh, for the the student athletes and also for us as administrators as as we've learned this game. And your background in bowling is extensive. Can you kind of walk us through your journey from? Uh, you know, in, in bowling to now here as the as the head coach of Mount St. Mary's? Well, all credit goes to my dad because he's had me in a bowling alley since I was uh, two years old. So
1: I never really had a choice, but uh, grew to love the sport just as much as he did. Um, we actually didn't have, so high school bowling is a whole new topic, but uh, we didn't have high school bowling where I went, even though Michigan, where I'm from, is typically a strong state. I was able to get into a college in Michigan called Siena Heights University on the NEIA side, as NCAA currently only sponsors women's bowling, not men's bowling. So I was on the NEIA side, uh, and then I was about to, uh, you know, had a great college career there. Uh, I was able to win a couple uh, titles while I was there. Um, Never really thought about coaching, I'll be honest with you. And I was ready to take a, a job at a sports commission in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and towards the end of my, my undergrad, I was a sport management major. Uh, I was just checking collegebowling.com. They post a lot of stuff there about college bowling. And there was a job opening for a grad assistant position at St. Francis University of PA. So another conference, NEC school there. I looked into it and said, you know what? I, I could go for my MBA. I want to do it anyways. And that was kind of an opportunity to give back to the sport I love, be a grad assistant with their program, but also complete my master's. Uh, and then, wow, I was just amazed at how much I actually loved working with the team. And now as that time was coming to an end, I I was checking just the NEC website and saw that Mount was adding a women's bowling team. I probably caught the article like the day after it was posted. So it all happens for a reason there. Uh, but decided to give it a shot, give it applied for it. And obviously it all, it all worked out now as I'm here. Um, just never thought if you were told me five years ago, I would be a women's, you know, college bowling coach and I would have, I would have laughed at you. I didn't think it, it would all be what I would be doing. Uh, but so grateful for the opportunity that the Mount's given me to give back to the sport that I love. And now it's like, I can't picture doing anything
0: else. And, and neither can we. I mean, you've brought a lot of energy and excitement to women's bowling. I mean, just your, your social media presence, uh, the energy that you've created on campus around the sport that was uh, unknown to this campus just two and a half years ago, three years ago, the jersey sales, the uh, the – the tournaments at, in Frederick and at, in Waynesboro, I mean, you've, you've done a tremendous job. W- what are some of the learning experiences that you've had uh, throughout the last two and a half years that you've seen in the growth of, of your leadership ability in, in coaching? Just, I think the biggest
1: leadership and uh, learning curve for me is just understanding everyone's a different individual. That's the beauty of bowling is I always say bowling is a never-ending physics problem. That's what I like to say. And each bowler has their own unique solution and no answer is the same. I've never seen the same style twice. And so every, every bowler we have in our team possesses its own unique style and just having to work with them. And then also kind of like any sport, trying to... Learning learn what makes them, you know, what makes them tick, what makes their drive go up, you know, and each person is motivated by different things. Certain players I know I, I could lean into and I could I could kind of get in their face a little bit and they respond very well to that. And other players are a little bit different. So just on an individual basis, learning what what drives their
0: determination has been the biggest learning curve for me. Uh, but I think so far, I found some success there. Uh, it, you, and again, you've done a tremendous job. And, you know, we're going to pause right there, take a break to hear from our sponsors. But when we come back, we're going to talk about some of those uh, unique uh, styles of bowling. At Cadoran Memorials, they preserve your stories
1: for all time. Now owned and operated for over four generations, their craftsmen have been creating beautiful memorials and monuments for families and communities all across the area. With locations in Kettysburg and Hanover, Pennsylvania, each one is a true work of art, a labor of
0: love, and each one starts with a story. Welcome back to Leading the Way, and we're here with uh, second-year Mount Women's Bowling Coach Kenneth DeGraff. Kenneth, I mean, we were as we ended our before the break, we were talking about those unique styles uh, that the ladies have, and you have a very unique team. You have you have um, women from what eight or nine different states yep. right now mm-hmm. as far away as Hawaii mm-hmm. um, and, and very unique group of they, they, you know, they very good teammates. It looks like they get along pretty mm-hmm. well, but let's talk, uh, you know, on the lanes. Yeah. What are some of the different styles that we could see out there from from the women? So we'll keep it basic, but within women's bowling, you have essentially
1: three styles: you have strokers, crankers, and tweeners. Strokers, uh, crankers, and
0: tweeners. That is All correct. Right. All right, some uh, more uh, verbiage for our exactly for our fans. more
1: more verbiage. And so your crankers are your bowlers that get the most revolutions per minute, your RPMs. It's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, sounds like each time the ball makes a rotation that's one revolution and we could do calculations when that ball goes on the lane to see who has the most revolutions per minute once you start getting over about 500 revolutions per minute. That's what you call uh, a heavy rev bowler. Uh, on our team, Rebecca would be a heavy rev bowler. I mean, she really puts a lot behind the ball, a lot of power in her game. And so the bowling balls and the surface that we want to keep with her and the adjustments we're going to make with her are different than some of our strokers, which are the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Not a lot of revs. so They play, in, they play the lane a lot straighter. They don't swing it out as much. That big hook, you're going to see that from Rebecca. You're not going to see that from everyone on our team. A lot of our teams going to go straight up the boards as we call it and then your tweener is just uh anything in between and i would say in our team we have a solid mix there we probably have you know we have 12 on the team right now we probably have four four and four if i had to
0: classify them oh wow and is that something you're looking for in the recruiting process are you looking for strokers or crankers or tweeners or is it hey if you can bowl you can bowl and we'll you know we'll work with you yeah even if
1: you go to the professional level i mean you see all different uh strategies working out there there's there's the best strokers in the world best tweeners best best cranker so it definitely doesn't I want to say one's more of an advantage than another but again like I said before bowling being this never-ending physics
0: problem it's let's match up your game the best we possibly can no and that, and that's great and you know what are some of those qualities that you're looking for outside of you know their their style of bowling that you're looking for in, to to bring to Mount St. Mary's you know in the women that you bring
1: uh, we just look for determination for a drive and you could just something you could just see. And, you know, when they, when they make their visit and talking to them, I could just see, you know, do they have the drive to, to be successful at Mount St. Mary's uh, like you said, on the lanes is great, but off the lanes as well, you know, we're looking for those stellar uh, student athletes. Uh, Cause as I tell them, you know, bowling, And in our sport, even if you go professional, usually you you have something to help supplement that. And so they know that, you know, the real world is is much bigger than this. This is going to teach life skills that are going to last a lifetime, obviously. Uh, We're looking for people that I know could excel. and, And most importantly, after four years, leave here with a very important piece of paper that's going to get them very far in life.
0: Uh, and and that's why we're here is to graduate those student athletes. Um, now talk about your culture that you're, that you're building. You, I think you have a great team dynamic so far, just being around, uh, the, the young women on the team. Um, how, how have you built your culture over the last couple of years? And are there some core values that you are like building, uh, upon that culture? Yeah, I mean, we're really big on communication
1: as a team, and you have to be, uh, when it comes to the team aspect of women's bowling, accountability. Uh, we talk about it from day one. Uh, no feelings hurt, but we hold each other accountable throughout the whole entire season. You know, we could be in a huddle, and and I love my players for the fact that I, g- I could call them out in front of the whole team, and instead of, they, they don't take it as much as as uh, shaming on in front of the team. I mean, they take it accountability uh, to it. So knowing that each person on our team could just kind of uh, take constructive criticism per se uh, on, on the chain and they always respond very well to it. Uh, so we always talk about that from, from day one and just honesty throughout the process, uh, because each bowler is a specific individual. If you're feeling something that uh, is off, you know, let us know whether it's something physically in, in your game Uh, Or you liked a shot and it didn't do exactly what you thought it was going to do. You know that honesty could really help the whole team make transitions a little bit faster. So communication, accountability, and honesty—I would say—are kind of the three that we always circle back to.
0: Uh, No, that's tremendous because it's a tough—it's a tough sport because Mm -hmm. it's really an individual sport within a team sport. So you know you have each bowler's going out there trying to trying to win. The individual accolades, but there's also team accolades as well. So it, it creates an interesting dynamic. How do you manage that uh, with uh, with the women on the team and ma- making sure that you have the proper team dynamic?
1: Yeah, I mean that's a great point. And a lot of our bowlers actually came to us without any high school bowling experience. And some of us, some of them did. So for some, this is their first time ever getting this this team environment. Uh, we could bowl up to five at a time. So that does mean that we do have, you know, seven that may not be bowling at once, but they know at any given time it could, it could be their time to go in. And so we just always try to stay ready. Uh, but then at the same time, you, you know, you have to understand that, understand the team dynamic from that point of view as well. Um, overall, I think our team does a really great job at it, adjusting to this team environment. Uh, there are individual accolades in our sport. There's all tournament teams and whatnot. Uh, but I know every every single person on our team would much rather get that first place trophy
0: than than the all tournament team trophy. Uh, that's essentially the most important thing for us. Now, and you guys have had great success. I mean, last year, first first tournament, you you won, and you you yeah. won. Uh, you've been trophy placing in a number of tournaments since then. Um, you know. Let's talk about NEC play. NEC yeah. is one of those top conferences in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of refer to it as the Big East, uh, you know, in basketball terms. But yes. uh, it's, it's, again, highly regarded. We have some past national champions in the league, mm-hmm. and it's competitive every time you guys go out to bowl. What was it like last year competing? I mean, we came da- right down to the, you know, one of the, uh, the last uh, final frames and finished second. How was that feeling for you and for the, for the uh, women on the team last year?
1: last year was such a, uh, I think everyone just wanted to prove themselves. They were an all freshman team last year and uh, they were excited to get into the NEC uh, to your point. You know, if you want to put in football or basketball terms like the big East or the SEC of women's bowling, Uh, every team except one is ranked in our conference. And honestly, all, all seven of them could be, I mean, it's so good. It always comes down to the final frame and something I've always been proud of for this team is being able to, take that deep breath and make big shots when they really have to. And as we were talking earlier about how sometimes you get throw the best shot of your life and just get a bad break. I mean, we had Rebecca up on the 10th frame of that Northeast conference championship match. I mean, she just threw the best shot of her life, given the circumstances and the pressure. And she left a single pin, uh, spare, the 10 pin, unfortunately. Uh, so it was, it was a heartbreaker at the time, but their belief was, was always there throughout the season that we belong in this conference. And we're, you know, we're excited to, you know, throughout conference play this year as well
0: to, to try to show that we continue to belong. Now, and you guys definitely proved that. Definitely proved that. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the, the team as well as uh, some upcoming uh, matches we have uh, in coming up second semester. So some exciting stuff out there, especially that Vegas trip. And we'll dive more into that. Uh, we'll be right back after we hear from our sponsors million since 1894, Hershey's Ice Cream is focused on producing
1: innovative, high-quality products and providing industry-leading service. Granted by their family values of integrity, honesty, and respect, this Mount family-owned enterprise strives
0: to provide real ingredients, real ice cream, and real smiles. Welcome back to Leading the Way. And again, we're here with Kenneth DeGraff, women's bowling coach at Mount St. Mary's. Kenneth, let's talk a little bit more about the team. You talked about Rebecca. Rebecca's, uh, you know, one of our key performers. Uh, Let's talk a little bit more about her and some of the other members of the team. Yeah, I mean, they're from all over the country to
1: your point (laughs) a little bit ago. I mean, Rebecca's from Florida, Uh, so is Nicole, a freshman this year. Ashley's from California. Uh, Kiana transferred to us originally from Hawaii, and we have Michigan represented. They're all over the country, but Rebecca has been one of our our scoring leaders. she was out of the seven or out of the 10 weekends we competed last year, we won seven rookie of the weeks, and Rebecca took five of those. Uh, so from day one, she's kind of been our scoring leader. We've had so many other individuals step up as well. Uh, Tamara Stanton locally uh, out of Baltimore, so not too far away here from the Mount.
0: She always brings a good contingent to our home matches too. Like It's, it's phenomenal.
1: You want to see the definition of college bowling energy. Tamara Stanton is, is the one to watch. Um she's been great for us. She's made a huge huge improvement from last year. Uh so she's right up there in scoring pace with Rebecca this year. Uh Danielle Milo out of Orchard Park, New York, Buffalo area. Uh, She's just a clean machine. What we mean by clean is she strikes her spares almost every single time. If you don't strike her spare, that's called an open, and you just don't get opens from Danielle. Uh, Barb out of Michigan has been – she was our best bowler during the postseason last year at USBC Sectionals and Northeast Conference Championships. Uh, So that just shows that any given day, anyone on this team could be our best bowler. Uh, We have some great freshmen this year. Um, Nicole Lewis from Florida I talked about. Amanda Young out of Delaware, a huge power bowler. Um, Julia out of Ohio –
0: uh, and, and just the whole, the whole cast really is, is fantastic that we have. Uh, and, and they've a daunting schedule in front of them. You know, I think you've done a great job of setting them up against some of the top competition in, in the country and, you know, some good early season, su- su- easy, early season success. And, uh, but there's, there's one little tournament that's sitting out <laughs> there that, uh, has been very exciting for Mount fans as they, as they looked at the schedule, mm-hmm. The Mount is going to Vegas and hosting a tournament in Vegas. Let's talk about that.
1: Like you said, yeah, the Mount's not just going to Vegas. The Mount is hosting in Las Vegas. We're going to the opposite side of the country a little bit. Um, I remember when I I first walked into our wonderful uh, athletic director's Lynn's office and said, and kind of pitched the idea of taking bowling out to wait for it, Vegas, as I said to her. <laughs> and uh, once once we explained the reasoning why, it really was a great opportunity for our school to put our fir- uh, footprint on it. Um, for those that don't know, Las Vegas, you know, aside from the tourist city that it is, really is the unofficial bowling capital of the world. I mean, they host some of the biggest events, not just in the United States, but worldwide. Uh, everything from the Professional Bowlers Association to the World Bowlers Tour, the biggest events happen in Vegas. And at the heart of that, uh, there's a facility called the South Point uh, Casino and Hotel. And inside that facility, you have a state-of-the-art 60-lane bowling stadium. They, you don't call it Bowling Alley there. They'll, they'll get a little upset. You call it the Bowling Stadium because it is a stadium. It is elevated seating, you know five rows could take thousands of people in there to watch these matches and thousands of people tend to show up when they when they host so it's just this beautiful state-of-the-art facility with these da- you know dactronic scoreboards above just it's not your typical bowling alley uh so i would say in terms of location and facility it's just going to be a top-notch event out there in vegas and competition too because we have almost all the top 10 represented uh in the country going out to vegas uh that's, that's incredible so where are some of the other teams that are going to be out there Yeah, so the defending uh, national champion, Stephen F. Austin out of Texas, will be there. Vanderbilt University won the championship two years ago, will be there. The University of Nebraska, who leads the NCAA in uh, the most national championships, will be there. Uh, McKendry will be there, who won the national championship three years ago and has been Preseason number one for a, a few years in a row. Uh, so there's so much talent wow. um, going out wow. to Vegas, and it's going to test us, but it's definitely going to prepare us for conference, which is the most important thing down the road.
0: No, that, that's huge. I mean, and to give the the give the women on the team that experience is is tremendous, and you know, just to expand the brand too. you know, I know that's something that's very important to you with your sports management background and your business and and your business uh, background. I think you've done a heck of a job of really putting the proper brand in place for, for Mount women's bowling. This just enhances it. Uh, Let's dive into that a little bit more. Like, let's talk about uh, how you've been able to utilize your master's uh, degrees in coaching um, and how that's worked. Yeah, it's funny. This takes me all the way back to my job interview. And I remember when
1: telling me, well, these are the, all the administrative things you're going to have to do. You're going to have to budget and you're going to have to, you know, do these for fundraising. You have to do this for scheduling. And most people might turn away from them. My eyes just light up. I'm like, man, I love that stuff. Uh, everything from the administrative side, uh, then the bowling's a plus getting to be at the lanes is awesome. But I actually enjoy that administrative side. And to, to your point, talking about the brand, just getting us an awareness on social media, you know, our Facebook page is an incredible following. I think mostly to the point that we live stream all of our matches and that's another organizer live stream zone we live stream live stream them on our page so Every now and then we'll get up to a hundred people watching watching a live stream, you know, on for one of our one of our matches at one of our tournaments. And so just organizing all those brands together through Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or in all three of those, we have such a, a
0: such a big following and I've enjoyed every second of it. No, it's awesome. Now one thing I want to make sure we go back and clarify when is that tournament uh out in Vegas? Yes, January tenth through twelfth, twenty twenty. So just after the new year, Las Vegas, Nevada, South Point, Casino and Hotel. So for any of our Mount fans out there that are looking for a little post-New Year's uh, getaway and uh, want to go support uh, Mount Women's Bowling, getting out there January 10th to 12th uh, out in Las Vegas. This could be a tremendous time out there. Um, any other key key uh, matches that you see in that, in that second semester that you know for our Mount fans uh, go check out? If you can make it out to Northeast Conference Championships, I mean, that would be, uh, you
1: know, that'd be amazing because uh, that's that's probably another uh, venue where a lot more people show up and it just has this, a, a different feel to it. It's funny because most bowling tournaments you go to, it's just nonstop noisy, but once you get to Northeast Conference Championships, there's only two teams left. I mean, you could hear a pin drop. I mean, it's that quiet uh, and you just feel the pressure on the shoulders of every athlete as they go and, and hundreds and hundreds of people are watching them. Uh, but to, you know, Kudos to our team because last year they were able to respond in such situations, and now we have that experience. Uh, so I really look forward to
0: that one as well in March. No, it's it's tremendous, Kenneth, and uh, you know the job that you've done is, has been awesome, and we appreciate all that you've done uh, for Mount St. Mary's. Any any um, memories right now in your in those, these first two years? I know I know the NECs probably stand out. Any other memories that for you uh, that are some key mount moments? The first tournament's always gonna stick in my mind, just because we were we were you know nine
1: freshmen going to a tournament, thinking all right let's get you know there were sixteen teams there I believe you know let's get a let's get top half of the field and I just remember that day being such a tough tournament in terms of the the lane play the lane pattern was was super touchy, and we just busted a couple big sets at the end of the day a couple thousand sets so averaging over two hundred at towards the end of the match, and I just one time I had the standing sheets and it said we were eighth or seventh and then the next one came in and it says Miles St. Mary's is in first place. I didn't even tell the team we were in first place. I just told them to keep it up. Uh, And we we had a great, you know, good enough match the last time against Youngstown State to to pull off the overall tournament victory. So I don't think I could ever forget the the first one ever. But so many little things along the way. Just seeing when something clicks for a bowler, they they didn't think that they could do something, whether it's getting really far right on the lane or really far left in that first shot that they do it. Little things like that, too, you take away uh, for the trip. Well,
0: they got a great leader in you, and and we're very... uh, very uh, grateful to have you here as part of our mount family mount athletic family so thank you for everything that you do and thank you for coming on leading the way today you've been tremendous as always and uh we look forward to seeing uh, how you guys do and coming away with that nec championship this year absolutely thanks i appreciate it kenneth and thank you for all thank you all for listening today on leading the way